Hello and welcome to Trojans Live on ESPN LA 710. Tune in and live on Twitter. It is Beat the Farm Week. We've got the head coach, Clay Helton, quarterback JT Daniels, and the newest Dallas Cowboy, Antoine Woods, to talk about the North-South rivalry. Plus, USC women's soccer is up to number four in the nation, thanks in large part to sophomore sensation Savannah DeMello, who will join the show later. I am Jordan Moore alongside John Jackson and J.J. USC Stanford has consistently produced some of the best conference games in the last decade. I know everyone says, oh, the rivals are UCLA and Notre Dame, but I will tell you, in the last 10 years or whatever it's been, this has really felt like a rivalry game. Yeah, Stanford has developed into a major rivalry, mainly because they're, how this game goes is determined how the rest of the season goes for both teams. And USC comes up victorious, obviously puts them in better position. Stanford has, of course, been dominant over the years in terms of what they've been able to do, especially in the in the Pac-12 South. I mean, Pac-12 North. So this is it. This is it. First game that starts the Pac-12 championship run. Yeah, for sure. And obviously, and obviously exactly. a rematch of last year's Pac-12 championship game. And I know somebody that has a ton of respect for Stanford, and that's the head coach, Clay Helton, who sits down with us now. We're counting down to kickoff with Mito, Swiss watches since 1918, the official timekeeper of USC Athletics. Be the first on the Fight On Limited Edition timepiece. True Trojan fans, visit shopmito.com slash USC. That's shopmito, M-I-D-O dot com slash USC. All right, Coach, 1-0 and on the season. What were your biggest takeaways from the uh, season opener? Um, I, I thought it was a great experience for our kids because we played a lot of kids yeah, on both of sides of the ball. And um, uh, it, it was invaluable for some young people that not only were freshmen, but some of the kids that, you know, were coming off a redshirt year. You know, if you would have told me that uh, we had a, a rookie quarterback yeah. and a redshirt freshman center <laughs> starting his first game, and we had over 500 yards and 43 points, I'd, I'd be like, wow, okay, that's awesome. <laughs> like that. uh, but then you, you, as a coach, you're a realist, and you go out there and you go, you know what? Uh, we made some young kid mistakes. we got to clean them up because obviously we've got uh, uh, a pretty good team we're getting ready to play. But overall, I just absolutely love the experience our kids got. Um, uh, a lot of kids playing, a lot of kids gaining experience, and really walked away healthy. Uh, from that game and fresh. You know, what's the mood as a coaching staff or the vibe that you sort of transfer to the team? Because, I mean, you walk away from a game like that, to your point, Mm -hmm. you put up a ton of yards, but you also gave up some rushing yards. Mm -hmm. You kicked five field goals Mm -hmm. and set a record, but also we don't want to kick field goals. What's the vibe or the the, the, the back to the kids in terms of where, Mm -hmm. you know, what kind of, uh, you know, Temp, you know, temperament did you give to them? Uh, brutal honesty, mm-hmm. uh, just absolute brutal honesty about guys. That that was a that was a good game, but understand our standard of play is even higher than that, and we understand that um, uh, we've got some conference battles coming up, some major on the road battles coming up, um, and that standard of play has got to rise another level. And, and you know, you point out the good things, but you address the things that have to get fixed. Um, you know, it's not just all rosy and sugar-coated and pat them on the butt, oh, you did a great job. It's you, you be real with them, and you tell them the truth. You did this really good, but this has got to get fixed or we're going to get our butt beat. What did you see from JT Daniels uh, after watching the film? I mean, mm-hmm. we talked to you after the game, and you were complimentary. Did you see mm-hmm. uh, anything different after watching the film? Uh, I, I was really impressed with his decision-making because one of my fears was, you know, all of a sudden you get out there for the first time, you want to have a big game, and you start forcing balls. Um, he had 35 opportunities in the game and really only forced one ball on a dig route where he, he just locked in on it. Um, yeah. But for the most part, you look he took what the defense gave him. 
He did distribute the ball to eight different receivers in, in the game. Uh, he took the shots when they were there. Yeah. When they were there and he saw a one-on-one matchup, he took it. And if it wasn't there, he dropped the ball down. And that's what you want. And uh, to be 18 years old and to be doing that right off the bat is a great sign. Now we go into even more hostile territory, <laughs> a more emotional game, and that's what a great quarterback does is keep his poise and takes what the defense gives him. You know, the one thing that he did have also, and you would expect it, is a great chemistry with mm-hmm. you know, with Amon Ross St. Brown just because they played together so mm-hmm. long. But it, it, at times with, you know, with the other guys, with, you know, Vons, Pittman, you know, some of the guys, it, it wasn't quite there, not to say it was mm-hmm. JT's fault, but I, mm-hmm. but how do you get their chemistry on the same level that is working for uh, It'll get you know, fixed in yeah. a hurry. I, I mean, I, I watched Trayvon Sidney make three huge plays in that game. Yeah. He, he gets three opportunities, made three huge plays. Yeah. And, you know, Amon Ra makes make some big plays. Pitt made a big play, a big third down play, and we'll make even more. And uh, I thought Tyler got settled in. as It was almost like when he caught the punt return and got – got about 30 yards all of a sudden it was like okay i feel comfortable now and he, he had a great second half but um we were realistic that we left points out there on the table i mean further separation you know you kick five field goals in the game that that's that, that's you pat chase on the butt but <laughs> right. you're going to the offense going and that that's not us right. uh especially when we get get against a stanford and a texas where every point is going to matter um there's a huge difference between that touchdown and that field goal yeah, I don't want to gloss over St. Brown's performance too quickly either because, yeah, we, we almost take him for granted and he hadn't even played a game yet. But you talk about JT couldn't, you know, he couldn't get that first completion out of the way. Well, boom, his security blanket is in there. And and he just seemed to ignite the whole offense. I mean, this is a guy that had also never played a game before, but he certainly didn't like look like it. No, he's about 18 going on 28. Yeah. I mean, he, he his maturity at every level from, you know, strength and conditioning to how – to how he studies the game, to how he works at it. He's one of the last kids off the field at, at, after each practice putting in extra work. And he, he reminds me, I've said this before, he reminds me so much of Robert Woods. What, yeah. Woody came in with that same seriousness, that same mentality, that same maturity of just, uh, I'm ready for this stage and I'm ready to, I'm ready to help the football team. Um, and he works at it to get that done. So um, it's great having him um, to be able to have a, a, a freshman um, um, and in both um, JT and Amon Ra out there doing a wonderful job. Um, credit to our offensive staff to bring them along in, in a in a system that's not easy. Yeah, uh, and to to bring them along and get them ready to where they can function and and uh, and be major contributors uh, speaks volumes to T and and Brian Ellis. An offensive line, of course. Anytime you have a team put up 500 yards, a pat on the back to the offensive line. But to your point. The offensive line is almost always gets the blame for not, you know, punching it in the end zone mm-hmm. and putting it the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. How did they grade out? What was the sort of the message to them? As- um, they did. They did good. There were there were some things that needed to get cleaned up. Written. You didn't see a lot of assignment bus. The thing I, I really loved about the entire game, it just wasn't sloppy. Yeah. There wasn't a bunch yeah. of penalties. There wasn't a bunch of turnovers. There wasn't people running in the backfield. Um, it, you know, we. It was just one of those things where you were moving the ball and, you, and we weren't finishing. Um, we weren't finishing the drives. 
you go, you, you just score on half of the field goals, and, and yeah, all 60, of a sudden, yeah, yeah <laughs> now, now you're, you're you're a happy person. Um, but uh, it gives us something to work on. I thought overall the offensive line did, did a really nice job, especially in the run game. I think any time between the the O line and the running backs, uh, you know, our goal every every week is to be over 200 yards and to get to have a hundred yard rusher, to have a, a Stephen with an explosive 40 yard run, to advise two touchdowns. You know, it was a good running day for the offensive line. Before we go to break, real quick, talking offensive line, any update on Toa Lobendon? Yeah, he practiced today. Uh, looked good. Looked good. He just got team reps. We didn't do a lot of uh, banging in or individual work with him. We'll see his soreness level tomorrow and see his confidence level, but he looked good today and got good work. All right, great stuff. USC Stanford kick is 5.30 p.m. on Saturday on Big Fox. Everyone gets that channel. No complaints this week. USC Stanford. We'll talk about that matchup next. You're listening to Trojans Live. Welcome back, Trojan fans. Here's a deal for you. Right now, when you buy four select Cooper tires from a participating dealer, you'll score a voucher good for four free tickets to a select Trojan football game during Cooper's annual Buy Four and Score Four events. Visit coopertire.com to find a dealer near you. Jordan Moore, John Jackson, the head coach, Clay Helton, sitting down with us, getting us ready for USC Stanford. You're 2-2 two and two against Stanford in your head coaching career, I believe. What's the one consistent theme? No matter the personnel that, that, that you take, what, every time you put that Stanford tape on, you get ready for USC Stanford, what, what do you always uh, see? You know it's going to be a physical battle. It's a physical war. And, um, you know, I, the things that I take away from it is usually the team that's rushing the ball better um, is the team that ends up ahead at the end. And that's that was the storyline two years ago when, yeah. when we lost. And, and the last two times we played, we won uh, – we won the rushing battle, you know. So, um, you know, you're coming to the park for just a physical, physical grind of 60 minute football. That I've been in triple overtimes with them. I've, I've had my <laughs> yeah. heart, bro- had my heart broke uh, on, yeah. uh, on a kick. I've, I've had one of the best memories of my life on a, on a kick. <laughs> you just know it's going to go yeah. 60 minutes. It's going to be a war. You know, obviously, when you talk about Stanford, you talk about Bryce Love being the first and foremost thing to try to contain, not necessarily stop. Um, and when it comes to stopping them, you know, last year they started, they played, you know, this second game here in the Coliseum. And he did a good job of, con- you know, containing him for the most part. And then you play him at Stanford, even on the hurt leg, he, he, you know, he has a good game. Is there, is it different things? Is it a coaching strategy, which really, really comes into this in terms of trying to stop him between Clancy and it's so much for them it's about gap control and gap integrity Um, because if you he is one of the more patient runners in college football he's 4-3 speed but he reminds you of the Le'Veon Bell uh, patience of being you don't see him bounce a lot of balls he's waiting for that gap to come open and when he sees it he hits it a million miles an hour with that 4-3 speed tremendous patience tremendous strength um, and, and just one of those guys that if you give him an inch, he's gone. And so gap integrity is something that, that has been big in the last two games. Um, the one time we missed last year was gone. 70 yards. Yeah. I mean, we missed one, we met one man <laughs> fell out of his gap, and it was gone. And, and that's what happens against them. That's what they're hoping for. Well, you talked about gap integrity and, and run fits after the game on Saturday when, when you had a couple breakdowns against UNLV. Talking to Cameron Smith he, after that same game, he said similar things. He said 
a lot of it he put to is, hey, it's a first game, and guys get excited. They want to chase everything mm-hmm. down, and mm-hmm. then sort of the inclination of a young player to leave his gap. Is that what you saw when you watched the film after after that and breaking down the run defense against it, UNLV? Yeah, it was really two explosion plays in the first half. He got a 71-yard uh, wrinkle on outside zone with yeah. a fake reverse, and, and, and one one younger kid, you know, just takes the cheese. Yeah. Um, and, and then, you know, we, we have um, a blown coverage uh, on the four verts for the long pass. For a touchdown, and that was the message to the guys: is guys, when you you're going to watch the tape, and and you're going to see 95 percent of just great football play in that first half, and then you're going to see two two breakdowns that cost 14 points um, in, in that game, and that's what happens against good offenses and good teams. So, and we're getting ready to face a good one right now. And if you, and again, if if you have a breakdown, they will exploit it. Yeah, and the thing from Stanford, I mean, they've always been known to be a big up front offensive line. That's a constant. The running backs have been you know, very talented as of late, but mm-hmm. now the receiving core is all of a sudden oh. at a different level. I mean, Arciago Whiteside yeah. is six five and can plays go up and get it. Plays it and, seven feet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you really look at him. I mean, and it's across the board. You, you've got JJ, then you look at Trent Irwin, who has a ton of experience. One of the more polished route runners in, in our league. You look at Colby Parkinson and his six yeah. foot seven butt out there, just jump balling and, and, and catching the high balls too. Um, they really have the complete package, and, and the quarterback to me was the final piece. And credit to David, I think he's done a great job of progressing. KJ um, had the opportunity to recruit KJ out of out of high school, and just so proud for him uh, and what he's developed into. Um, he, he's he's going to be a kid that if he continues, he's going to play on Sunday. He's got that type of arm talent. He's really showing the country right now what he can do. Well, a guy that you didn't have in the Pac-12 championship game last year was Porter Gustin. Uh, how did he come through that first game health-wise? God, it was great having him back, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. It really is. Sack. certainly easier. didn't notice. Oh, my he had a sack and a fumble recovery yeah. in the first three yeah, plays. I was like, uh, three weeks after knee <laughs> surgery? I started Not the, bad. I started the team meeting the other day saying, God, it was good having you back four or five. <laughs> um, just, you know, it, what was really what was really good for everybody, um, again, going back to playing a lot of kids, was to be able to put Hunter Eccles in there. They're right behind him and spell him. You know that's something that we hadn't been able to do. Yeah. Um, and you know, all of a sudden to get to get Hunter fifteen twenty plays in that game, it just it makes Hunter it makes a. Uh, um, Porter even more dangerous because um, he, he stays fresh. So um, it was good to see him back. He, he really came out of it extremely healthy, no pain. Um, he looked great today in practice. So um, uh, he's ready for a big game. You also got good play from your secondary. I mean, he, we talk about the rushing yards just because they stand out, but you only gave up 92 yards, 97 yards mm-hmm. passing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and guys were in good position. You got balls batted away. I mean, you know, it, you have to be really pleased with the, the back half. Yeah, you, you know, I, I, we rolled at corner, and I thought that paid off. You know, um, Greg Johnson and Isaiah Langley held down one side, got 34 reps apiece but, uh, between each other. And then, you know, we even rolled Elijah Griffin in uh, for Biggie Marshall and, and kept him fresh. And, he, and they held that their own. Um, so I thought two things. You know, you couple a really good pass rush with five sacks and putting pressure on a quarterback all day with a secondary that was playing at a high level, and you end up with 97 yards so credit to the pass rush and the dbs i thought they played at a very high level you're listening to clay helton on trojans live uh you know we talked about all the young players young players on the road this week is mm-hmm. there any other way to learn other than doing <laughs> any any wise words no, you got for them this no, week that'll get them ready for uh 
for their first real road test. It's certainly not easing them in. No, as my dad used to tell me, the best learning lessons are what you gain from experience, yeah. both good and bad. And uh, we we got a lot of them experience last week, and and they're they're learning from some success, and they're learning from some failures, and hopefully we can uh, learn a lot from the the errors that we made, and and uh, not make them again. And uh, that's the goal this week. But to Jordan's point, it, I mean, it is a process getting them ready. I mean, oh. I know that you. You've gone to, you know, taken them to the hotel and sort of gone through the travel plan on how that yeah. works and everything. So it won't be totally foreign to them. It'll no, just be a first no, time. No, we've, we've done everything from, uh, we, you know, we started two weeks before even the first game, uh, getting them in routine of what a Monday is, a Tuesday practice, a Wednesday. Took them, took them to the team hotel, took them to a, a place off campus that they had never <laughs> been to before, just so they had to produce in, in a different environment. You know, you try to do all those things to just get uh, players and coaches are routine-based guys as you know JJ. Right. I mean uh, you throw us out of routine and we go to hell um, so you know you try to get them in routine and keep them constant for them keep it stable for them um, and, and then usually they function the best that way well one of those guys making his road debut on Saturday will be the quarterback JT Daniels he's next on Trojans live kickoff by the way on Saturday 5 30 p.m. pregame starts at 3 30 p.m. with me JJ and Sean on ESPN LA 710 that's what you're listening to right now JT Daniels next on Trojans Live. Daniels drops got the pass, him. steps up in the pocket, downfield, looking for Amon Ross St. Brown. He's got it! Touchdown, USC! The modern-day connection, the true freshman team up on a long bomb, and it gives the Trojans some breathing room. They lead 25-14. to 14. How do you do? There it was, the first touchdown pass, first of many, no doubt. True freshman JT Daniels to his buddy Amon Ross St. Brown. JT finished with 282 yards passing. That's the most ever by a USC freshman quarterback in his debut. Jordan Moore and John Jackson welcoming JT for the first time to the show. Uh, you listened to that, that that highlight. How did that feel in the moment uh, connecting with Amon Ra on a bomb to uh, to get you on the board? Uh, yeah, it's like a moment of relief. You know, when you get your first touchdown in the Coliseum, uh, you get to hear all the fans, and, you know, you, you take the second to really listen. and. Yeah. Uh, you know, really taking the moment and uh, how special it is. You know, did you know it was coming? Because you had the perfect coverage. With you Dominic apparently Dominic. did. You jumped all over Pete's I, call. I, I, you I, said, he's got him. <laughs> he's got him. Hey, I didn't jump on the call. I just got a little excited. But the, the, but you, you, you had him in, in the perfect one-on-one situation. And, of course, I'm ran a great route. And the ball was right on the money as well. Did you know it sort of coming as you came up to Yeah. The so, you know, I was going into the fourth quarter. So uh, we all came to the sideline. Um Coach Helton told us in the huddle, he said, no, we got a touchdown call, O-line, if you block it up, we're getting in the end zone right here. <laughs> okay. And uh, it was, so when, as soon as he was talking about that, I knew he was talking about the, uh, you know, the tight post. Right. Uh, we'd set it up three plays in a row going on the ball with, uh, you know, the uh, inside zone, inside power play coming up, uh, trying to get their safeties to suck up. It was set up perfectly and just executed. Your first completion went to Amon Ra as well. I mean, obviously, your your connection with him is well documented. Now, take me back to the beginning of this relationship. Did you guys just meet each other as freshmen at another day? How how long have you known each other? What's the relationship like? Um, in seventh grade, there was a uh, th- there's a youth football league that's a December league called uh, FBU. It's a football university. It's an organization that puts on a national championship tournament. Okay, and uh, I would you know played for Team OC. I had a bunch of my boys go out, and uh, that's where we met Amon at a tryout. And you know, I, I knew most of the players in Orange County uh, just had you know haven't played against them for a long time. 
and uh, you know that's, that's when I first saw him, and I was like, oh my goodness, who is this guy? <laughs> uh, it was it was a running back linebacker, but when he was running routes and we put him on a few seams, uh, his ability to just naturally adjust to the ball and catch it was uh, something I you know I'd never seen before. Okay, so now that it's over, was the game sort of what you expected? It was it you know were you more nervous, less nervous? You know now now that you can reflect back, how how did the whole day go? I definitely would have thought I would have been a little more nervous. Um, you know, going into it, I, I just couldn't help but feel uh, comfortable in that we had the right game plan. Uh, I got three of the best running backs you could possibly ask for. I got a seasoned O line that you know they're you know they're going to do their job, and you know I got a receiving core that, that that knows where to be, when to be, and at the right time, and you know, you know make the plays you need. Right. Yeah, talk about that receiving core. I mean, it seemed like you were. Working things out a little bit on the fly at times with with, with some of those guys. Do you, do you spend extra time this week with Tyler with with, with Pittman and, and make sure you're on the same page with those guys? Yeah, you have to. Um, obviously, I've been throwing with Amon Ross since the seventh grade. Right. So you'll you'll see a little more of a connection right off the bat. Just you know, having I've been playing with those guys for I've been playing with Amon for you know most a majority of my life, right. and I've played with. Pittman, Tyler Vaughn's for one game right. about four weeks of practice. <laughs> right. so. And it's hard, too. I would imagine. I mean, it was just, we talked about this on air. You had to have the quarterback competition, and so those guys had to sort yeah. of split reps between three guys. It was what it was, but now at least you're the number one. Does that help a little bit that, hey, it's like every rep's going to come with you, and, and you can, you know, sort of gain ground that way? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to a certain extent, um, practice is a lot different than the game. Yeah. Um, there, there's a difference between practice reps and game reps. Obviously, practice reps uh, practice reps help a lot, but uh, there, there's nothing like having that game experience with those guys, you know, to uh, to to really add to the uh, connection. Yeah, but they, at the end of the day, you completed passes to eight guys. Yeah. Right? Eight guys caught balls. You know, at the end of the day, I mean, obviously, as a quarterback, you want to make sure all of your guys are getting some love, right? I mean, it, it can't be something you're thinking about during yeah, the game. Exactly. But, um, but at the end of the day, when you look at the stat sheet and realize that eight guys got the ball, it's pretty good in your first start. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm definitely happy. Um, a lot of that goes to Coach T and Coach Prentice, you know, keeping the substitutions fresh. Uh, it, it's something you can do when you have Trayvon Sidney and Bayless Jones, uh, Almond Ron, Michael Pittman. Tyler Vaughns, Randall Grimes, you know, Devin Williams, all these guys with the great tight end core. Yeah. You had so many guys that, you know, nobody needs to ever be running a, running a route tired. You know, everybody can stay fresh, yeah. stay healthy. Uh, you, you know, Coach Heldon talked about it. We walked out of the game with, uh, you know, I think, 21 freshmen playing um, and nobody getting injured because of, uh, you know, fatigue. Yeah. What the uh, team think of the stiff arm after we watched a little uh, film this week? I, I didn't hear much about it. Oh, oh man, I, I, I gave you love on that one. I've been, <laughs> I, I, I've been telling guys about it. It was on the wrong sideline. If you had done it yeah, on your sideline, I think you would have been mobbed. But yeah. in the film room, you saw it. Yeah, play, you, had, you had to see it clean as day. You didn't even like. Oh, I was excited. I was. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Look at that, everybody! Did you see it run that back? Coach? I like it. Hey, yeah. we, t- we talked to coach. Everything for you is going to be a first, and then this week is your first road game do you anticipate that at all do you just sort of take it as it comes um i would say you take it as it comes the there's so you know i don't know anything about it right so the more i think about it the more i create scenarios that aren't necessarily true and i have no idea if you know if it's actually going to be like that yeah so i'm focused on preparing for stanford uh you know making sure i give them you know all the respect that they deserve being a great football team with great coaching great discipline uh, making sure you know I understand their alignments and their checks, 
and uh, you know, you know, being in the best position I can to play football against Stanford. You know, how has it been in terms of? you know the playbook and i know that you were around in spring so you had a chance to get a jump start on it but now we're in game and things sort of change i mean you know coaches sort of tweak you know things absolutely has it been i mean honestly has it been difficult or has it been one of those things that you sort of it's definitely difficult you you can you can sit on the sideline or watch the film and uh you know like when i'm at practice in spring and i'm watching the film and looking on the sideline i'm like okay i know this play I know what's going to happen. I know who to read. But it's a whole different world when you're in there. You know, you, you don't see it from the sideline view. You see it from inside a helmet. You got Porter Gustin and Cam Smith and all Jordan ISF and all these guys lined up yeah. against you. It's, uh, you, you know, it's a lot different getting into it. And it takes a little time to get used to. You're an av- avid reader. You like psychology a lot. Are you reading anything good these days? JJ needs a book recommendation. Uh, I'm not reading anything. <laughs> reading a playbook? playbook? I'm reading a playbook <laughs> and trying to you get used to college. All right. Well, it's all psychology, and you're all benefiting from it in the end. Your big game is on Saturday, Stanford, USC, 530. You can watch JT on Fox and listen to him right here on ESPN LA 710. Thank you, JT. Trojan fans, the Eckrich Million Dollar Challenge is back. If you want to take the field and throw for $1 million when the Trojans host Notre Dame on November 24th, visit EckrichFootball.com for your chance to win. Eckrich, the official smoked sausage and deli meat of the USC Trojans. Thank you, JT Daniels. We're going to pivot here when we come back. Another star. This one, a sophomore sensation. It's Savannah DeMello next on Trojans Live. Welcome back on Trojans Live. This segment of Trojans Live is brought to you by Allstate. The Trojans are in good hands, or feet in this case, with Savannah DeMello, the sophomore sensation on USC women's soccer. And how good of a start are the women of Troy off to 4-0-1, and they've outscored opponents 15-1. to yeah. But what's been the key so far, Savannah? You guys are really taking it to them. Yeah, I just think that we've all just been working really hard getting to the to the places we need to be and we all know that we're all going to work hard to get to where we need to be so that if the chance comes we're going to put that shot away and everyone's saying how great it is we scored 15 goals but it's awesome that we've only let one in with our defense has been killing it like back line goalkeeper defensive mid everyone's just been putting in the effort and i think it's been shown you know, you being a midfielder, you have a hand in both in terms mm-hmm. of the, you know, the offense and the defense. You guys get off to such a fast start as you talk about what is this team? Or do you guys know, is it an offensive team that, you know, can run up a bunch of points? Or like, as you mentioned, without giving up a goal, it's a defensive mind. I think it's just all together. Like, we have such a deep team. Like, in every single position, we have a bunch of players who are ready to come in and, like, take your spot if you're not doing what you need to be doing. So I think that just really keeps us, like, on our toes, always wanting to do our best and... We know that if it's not our day, we know someone else is going to come in and help us as well. It's our first time having you on the show, so so take us back a little bit. Uh, you know, there are three real power schools right out here with, with UCLA, USC, and then Stanford, not, not too far away. A lot of people go up there, uh, especially in women's soccer. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm guessing, given your resume, you probably had your, your pick of the litter. Why did you end up at USC? Um, I've just always grown up around the campus. My grandpa wanted to come here for football, so I remember I used to come here all the time. And I loved the coaching staff, loved Kadani, loved Jason, and I loved Jen, who used to be here. And I just think with all the girls here, I loved the, how the team played, and just I love the school. I love just always coming around here. So, what was your first football memory? First football memory. 
I don't know. I just remember I was always on my grandpa's shoulders doing this all the time. And <laughs> That's then right. That's grow- all you needed. Growing up, I was always like this in pictures. <laughs> so I just kind of grew up with that. For those listening on the radio, she's putting up the victory sign. Oh, yeah. Victory <laughs> sign. Fight on. That's right. That's right. Better right. for the Twitter yeah. audience right. when you do the hand <laughs> yeah. gestures. Yeah. Um, you know, talk about yourself a little bit. I mean, because, of course, you know, you're here at SC having a great year, but you're also a national team player, very accomplished, um, you know, to the point where there's some, you're almost one of the leaders of that, of your, of the national team. Mm-hmm. How has that experience been? I mean, not only, you know, playing for USC, but obviously representing the country. Well, just getting the international experience is something that like you really can't put into words. Just being able to travel the country with the best players in the country. It's honestly an amazing feeling. And I've made so many good friends from it. And I think I've just learned a lot and grown a lot just because of it. Yeah, there's national teams, and then there's the USC women's soccer, uh, USC women's, USA women's soccer. I knew, I knew I said something wrong. The <laughs> USA women's soccer national team. I mean, it's one of the iconic sports brands in this country, really. I mean, you, you haven't quite made it to the senior team, but what you know, what is what is how competitive is that to you know so many women that have looked up to these great players in the past and, and and now are coming up this next generation. What's it like to be a part of that? Well, just always, I was always telling my parents and stuff, just wearing the crest, just there's so much history behind it and so yeah. many great players that have sacrificed day in and day out just to be where they are. And I just think it's always a privilege just whenever the national anthem is playing and you just try to like live in the moment and kind of just realize like what you're doing and how much work you put into it and it's just an amazing experience, and I'm just really glad I was able to do it. All right, let's talk about your coach, Kadani. He's not watching, so don't worry <laughs> about it. Um, everybody loves him. Everybody loves to play for him, and you know, there's the character, that, the high character person that he is. Um, what do you like about him best? What I like about him best, he's just so easy to talk to, and he's very real with you. I remember first time when I came to USC, it was I wasn't the best at defense, and he never was like, oh, no, you're okay. He always told me. He's like, that's something we're going to work on, and to this day, I think, even my national team coach said that, like, I, my defense has grown tremendously, and of course, I like to attack, and, like, I'm more of the person to pass the ball or, like, to go score a goal, but everyone said that my defense has tremendously changed, and I owe it all to him and the staff. Well, I know what kind of player you are because in your bio, you list Cristiano Ronaldo as your favorite player. Oh, yeah. I think that says a lot about a soccer player. Now, I happen to agree with you. I'm a Cristiano over a Messi guy. How did okay. you become a, a, a Cristiano Ronaldo fan over a Messi? Well, I, um, I'm i Portuguese, so my okay. dad's from Portugal. so A national hero. Yes, yeah, so I just always grew up with him being my idol, and I think it's not really hard to kind of be in his favor because of how awesome he is on and off the field and i just think he's a great role model always scoring goals always team player and yeah how'd your your dad enjoy that euro cup when portugal won it oh my god i was at home (laughs) i was at national team camp and i remember i was at practice and i get i'm done with practice the game's already over and i see 50 missed calls from him (laughs) like 20 pictures 20 like messages from his friends showing me videos of him celebrating i was like i think i can get who won the game <laughs> yeah that's good you know talk about this team a little bit in terms of um you know chemistry it's a new team all the time you yeah. know, last year's team was really good as well yeah. but now that you know with this new team and you know you've made some additions in, in terms of some girls mm-hmm. that have come in this year um how are you guys gelling as a team to this point of the season yeah honestly i think it's been the best chemistry that we've ever had the freshmen came in and we honestly all just automatically like linked up together we were super close me and a couple other girls weren't here me penelope and tara we were all at national team camp but we would always hear things like oh my god the freshmen are awesome we're all so close like there's no drama we're literally <laughs> all just 
already friends. And I think that has a lot to do with the people who stayed at college and made that home, made, made it home for the freshmen so early. So honestly, like, I think that's what helped us a lot too. Cause on the field, you can hear the whole bench cheering for you, no matter if they're going to play zero minutes, if they're going to play 90 minutes, everyone is like for you and wants you to do your best. Well, this is a team to watch all season long, a national championship contender, no doubt up to number four in the country. Uh, all the info, you can see them at McAllister Field. Go to usctrojans.com slash soccer. And then the big one coming up at the end of the season is USC-UCLA at the StubHub Center on November 2. So for ticket information, again, go to usctrojans.com slash soccer. Thank you, Savannah. Three goals, four assists in four games. Watch out for Savannah DeMello. Forget two points for safety. Try up to 20% with the Allstate Distinguished Driver Discount. Safe drivers can instantly save up to 20% on car insurance just for having a clean driving record. And that's on top of other discounts. Call one of 410 Los Angeles area Allstate agents today. We've talked to some real young talent. Now we've got a, a former player next, Antoine Woods, who just made the Dallas Cowboys. will join Trojans Live to talk about that and the big Stanford game. Jordan J.J. Moore coming back on ESPN LA 710. You're listening to Trojans Live. Jordan Moore and John Jackson. Trojan fans get one free admission to the Ralph's Ultimate Tailgate Experience and select USC football home games this fall when you purchase $35 of participating items at Ralph's. Look for the signs and tags in store. Every $35 you spend gets you one admission. JJ and I join on the phone now by a happy guy, no doubt, the new one of the newest Dallas Cowboys. What's going on, Antoine Woods? Congratulations, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. What's going on? We're missing we're missing you here, but I'm sure you're having fun there. Uh, you know, hey, what's it like, man, putting on that star? I mean, it, it's been hard work for you trying to go from undrafted to to getting this NFL career fired up, and and then you you, you make the team. What you know, what's 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 it like? What's that sense of accomplishment like? Uh, man, it feels good, man. It's been a long time coming. I've uh, been working hard. You know, I came up short a few times, but been working hard, kept working. It feels good that you know hard work is finally paying off. Hey Antoine, JJ, congratulations! Also, um, you know, great to you know hear you how your career has taken off. I could use a loan, so if you know, and don't tell me you don't have the money because I've already looked at your contract. Oh man, uh, I ain't got it yet, man. No, but it, it, in all seriousness, you know, how has the whole experience been? I mean, I know obviously making the team is the the ultimate goal, but you know, just throughout your career, you know, is it what you expected, the NFL? Uh yeah, most definitely. I know it'll be a grind, and I know I have to work. Being a being an undrafted guy, uh, you have, you kind of have to work and uh, earn everything. So I know it'd be it would be kind of difficult, but I knew that I wouldn't give up and I'd keep pushing. So it's good that I'm starting to look good around this time. Well, we wanted to get the big nose tackle on Antoine because it's Stanford Week. I know you know that you stay locked into this program. Uh, Give us an idea. What, what's the difference in the physicality of the USC Stanford game compared to, to sort of the average Pac-12 game? Uh, well, Stanford is a unique team. You know, uh, they don't run the fancy offenses that most Pac-12 teams are starting to do. Uh, they're kind of like an old school football team that is going to want to run the ball first. So, I know every year uh, when I was at USC, this is my favorite game because this is more of a nose tackle type of game. You know. It's a lot of runs in there, and it's going to really be some smash-mouth football. So Stanford is definitely a unique team, and you got to be real disciplined and play them and fit those gaps every play. You know, Antoine, you know, take me back a little bit to your senior year here. Um, you know, you, you, start, you start the year, and, and this was the year that, um, that Clay Helton took over midseason as the interim football coach. 
Um, you got off to a little bit of a rough start to, to start that year, but it, by the by the probably a third of the way through the year to the end of the year, you were probably the best defensive tackle in the entire uh, conference. You know what was sort of key to that turnaround in terms of you know you just sort of making it. I mean, everything sort of lining up and you playing at the high level that you still are. Well, yeah, I started off slow my senior year. Um, I was coming back from a pec injury, and I kind of, I mean, no excuses, but I kind of just wasn't, you know, fully confident. But then I remember um, Coach Elton pulling me into his office like midway through the season, and he was telling me that I wasn't playing like myself. And then at that moment, I knew I had to step up and, and make something happen. So literally that next game, I ended up having a really good game versus Cal, and then from that game on, I just kind of took off and just was playing some good football. And I know it was critical if I wanted to play on this level I'm at now. So, I mean, I just really locked in, man, and just started playing for my teammates and just started playing some good ball. You know, we often hear players compliment Clay Helton, you know, just for the person that he is. You know, now you looking back, how pivotal was that moment for you you know, with Clay, like you said, sort of as opposed to pushing you to the side and, you know, putting you on the bench or whatever the the consequence would be for him to bring you in and, and give you that confidence and elevate you to that level. And obviously nothing's changed since. I mean, yeah. I mean, Coach Hilden, um, he knew what type of player I was. I, I was team captain at the time, and he knew a lot of the guys looked up to me. So as captain, as a leader of the team, he know that he can do that. He can pull me to the side and tell me it's not good enough. And definitely would expect me to respond in the correct way to basically pick my game up, which I did. So um, I guess it comes with me being the leader and just knowing that I was better than what I was putting out there. Earlier in your career, you got to play for Pansy, uh, Clancy Pendergast. Uh, you know, what was that like? What, what, what's it like playing D-line in his system? Um, at Coach P is probably one of my favorite D coordinators. Um, he was there in 2013 with us. And that was by far my best year I've ever played in college. That was probably my best year of me playing good football. And um, just the defense he runs, you know, he has an attack mentality. And I was the guy for the job. And just it was just good, just good being around Coach Pete because he just brings the guys together and really puts in that tough mentality football. Yeah, where does that USC-Stanford game at the Coliseum rank in, in your memory bank? Definitely number one. To this day, that's yeah. one of my favorite. As a football player. Yeah, no, I remember how happy you were, how happy everyone was that night. Antoine Woods, man, can't wait to watch you on Sundays. All starts uh, this Sunday afternoon. You'll take on Cam Newton in the Carolina Panthers. So gear up for Big Cam. Looking forward to it. I'm sure we'll see you out at the Coliseum during your bye week at some point. Uh, always staying close to the program, a local product. Thank you, Antoine Woods. Trojan Congrats, fans, buddy. Join us for luncheon on Monday, September 10, Monday morning quarterback. Here from Coach Helton, J.J., Chip Stewart, John Robinson, all the crowd at Monday morning quarterback, 11.15 a.m., Monday, September 10. For more information, go to usc.edu slash Trojans. J.J. Scouting Report is next. Thanks for hanging with us on a Tuesday night. It's Jordan Moore and John Jackson at the lab, and it's time for J.J.'s Scouting Report brought to you by the lab. Catch all your USC Trojans action and happy hour specials at the lab right here at USC. You know, last week was fun because it's the opener. We were so starved for football. A little different. I I think we talked about UNLV for about 60 seconds at some point last week. Uh, This is USC Stanford. I mean, this is right into it. I disagree with the way the conference does it. I don't think you should match your 
perennial best team in the north with the best team in the south in week two because I think you get results that don't always track with uh, how good the teams are. Two years ago being the best example of that when Stanford handled USC easily and then USC goes on to win the Rose Bowl. With that said, it's here. What do you take from the opener that USC needs to clean up in a hurry to get ready for, for, for the Cardinal? Well, I think that, first of all, they obviously have to be concerned with Bryce Love, irregardless of how they played last yeah, week. Yeah, right? I, I, I think they're ignoring that part of Stanford's right. opener. Yeah, they're going to just focus on what they saw on tape last year. Right. So you, you give up 300. I mean, USC gives up 300 yards rushing, okay, and, and how they got it, you know, it's not a, you know, I mean, they got 300 yards. That's the end of the, at the end of the day. So it, obviously there's a concern in terms of how that's going to translate to stopping Bryce Love. Now, it's a completely different story, a completely different game plan that it's going to take to yeah. stop Bryce Love. Um, you know, so for that reason, I, I love a lot of the things that we're doing. I love the rotations on defense. I love the deep off defensive lines. I love the fresh bodies. I like the fact that Porter Gustin doesn't have to play every play. I like the fact that Cam Smith yeah. doesn't have to play every play. So for those things, I, I, I'm really optimistic about how this defense will turn in a performance. Now, with that being said, it's a Stanford team. I think it's off the, their, their offense is their strength. Most of the times no we, question. we usually say that it's their defense. Yeah, their that's, that's changed their a little bit in the last couple of years. Yeah. And what's really interesting about this team is it used to just be stop the run, win the game. Right. Now it's, you know, they only ran for Bryce Level and ran for 12 yards or whatever it was last week. That didn't matter. They had, they had the Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Week and it was a wide receiver. Right. And so you look at what Costello can do, I mean, I remember the, the last drive of the Pac-12 championship game last year, the last Stanford drive. You know, every ball was hotly contested, and this receiver still came down with it. They had this ability to turn it into a basketball game, none better than, than Arcega Whiteside. It's a big test for USC secondary as well this week, and I, and I really put the spotlight on Iman Biggie Marshall. The talk about what an incredible offseason he's had. He's the big corner. He's the guy you want on our Seagull White side. If this were a basketball game, I'd say that's the one-on-one matchup to watch, and, and I think that's how it'll play out on Saturday. Well, he's going to have to match up. And the way I look at it, he's going to have to match up and follow him all over the field, irregardless of where right. he lines up. Because, like to your point, he's the only guy that has that same kind of size that can battle him off. With that being said, you know, he's got to be good at high-pointing balls because that's what our Seagull White side does no extremely well. He goes up and get it. In the red zone is going to be a thing. But also, remember, situations like this, I expect Clancy to put some added pressure on Costello. He's not going to let him sit that back there and be comfortable. Yeah, the other side of the ball, boy, I thought people were a little too hard on JT Daniels, if we're being honest. <laughs> I, I saw some criticism of him. I, I honestly think Tyler Vaughns and Michael Pittman will just play better. I mean, the, maybe my expectations for those guys are just so high that if, if, if the ball's in their catch radius, I expect them to come down with it. And there were a couple times that they did not on Saturday, which would have all of a sudden made it a 51-55 kind of point game. And then you go, okay, USC's offense was huge. Instead, they settled for field goals. But, but I, I thought JT was excellent, and I expect him to handle Saturday well. He just seems to be ready for this moment. Well, I said before the UNLV game, and I'll say it again this week, if the Trojans don't win the game, it will not be because yeah. of the play of JT Daniels. He has this under control. I've seen it before. I've been watching him in high school. This is not above his pay grade. Um, with that being said, when you have veteran receivers on the outside, you expect you know when you have those 50-50 balls to come up with them. Yep. Now, when you go back and look at the game and you start to analyze play-by-play, a lot of the things that, that went wrong for USC in the passing game, it doesn't all fall on the quarterback. I mean, there's, right. there's other, a lot of other factors. It's factors of how much did he have to move in the pocket, yep. how clean was the passing window, you know, did the receiver run the right route, was this receiver open? Right. There, were a couple, there were times last weekend that guys were covered and balls got knocked down because of it. So, you know, JT, 
it's going to be fine. That that's not going to be the doesn't concern. mean he's going to be perfect. No, he's not going to be perfect. But, but yeah. you're going to have to get guys to yep. play around him, and with the veteran guys as talented as the receiving core is, they've going to have to make plays. All right, back to wrap up Trojans live next. One final segment of Trojans Live with Jordan Moore and John Jackson. And uh, Pac-12 play starts this week, so I just wanted to get your thoughts real quick on uh, where do you think the conference is going. And we saw a little bit in the first week. Everyone said the big game, Washington has to beat Auburn for the reputation of the conference. They didn't do it. Uh, they, they hung in there, though. They, they you know hardly got embarrassed or anything like that. So, you know, I think it's still... Very much up for grabs in in both divisions. Yeah, the unfortunate thing for the Washington Auburn game is a game that they should have won. It was sort of similar to SC where they didn't score when they had the opportunity, yeah. got field goals or made mistakes, and it ended up costing them at the end. Um, <laughs> I do think that was a statement game for the conference as far as the national picture goes. It really hurts, unfortunately, that they lost that game. But the UCLA Cincinnati, when you say lost to Cincinnati, that one is the one. And like I said, UCLA is a young team, and I get it. But that was the one that really is going to stay. Check out UCLA's home schedule. They're going to have trouble winning any home games this year. I mean, yeah. that's it. That team is in full rebuild mode, especially with the, the suspensions that he's, he's trying to bring in some discipline also to go along with it. But he suspended some really good players to go along with the fact that they, you know, they're breaking in a true freshman quarterback now. Their quarterback's hurt. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think down south, Arizona was the biggest disappointment. Um, it leaves maybe USC and Utah as the favorites, and then you look up north, and uh, UW UW's still the favorite, but Oregon with Justin Herbert could be special this year, and, and certainly we've talked a lot about Stanford. They could be very good. Yeah, I mean, the, the Pac-12 North really is where all the action is going to be. I, I expect the Trojans will you, you control the south. I don't want to speak too early, but I think they'll control the south. But between Stanford, Oregon, Washington, I mean, it's a toss-up really in the, in the Pac-12 North. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, we'll get a chance to look at Stanford this week. But I think that, you know, that's a real that's going to be really tough to find out who comes out of the out of the north. Yeah, I love conference play. Can't wait to get it yeah. going this week. Trojans Live is a production of USC Sports Properties. Our producer is Rick Cutler. Our engineer is Ben Conroy. And production assistance by Katie Ryan. I'd like to thank our guests, of course, as always, the head coach, Clay Helton. Fun having JT Daniels on and Savannah DeMello. Thanks for Antoine Woods to, for calling in. Joining us on the show tonight, uh, follow us right here all year long. Twitter.com slash USC underscore athletics as we're going live on Twitter plus ESPN LA 710. For John Jackson, I am Jordan Moore. We will see you on Saturday. Kick is at 5.30, pregame at 3.30 on ESPN LA 710. Fight on, everyone.